Hello, and welcome to another episode of Living More Alive. This is a podcast where we discuss different health topics, and I talk about different ways that you can live your life to the fullest. Today, I am sitting here cozy by the fire, and I have my tea with me, and I am just ready to get into it. Today's topic is all about strength training. So this includes weightlifting in all of its forms, and I want to kind of give like a broad why strength training is really beneficial for all ages, um, what it kind of looks like, what it entails, and then how to do it properly. So this might turn out to be kind of a long episode. Um, I have it kind of planned out and mapped out, so I can see that it's probably going to be long. And I also want to start with a couple, yeah, two interesting tales. So one, I, as you know, I recently got a new job and it is close to a new gym. And so during my lunch period, I have like a full hour lunch, which I've never had before. Typically my old job, I didn't actually get a lunch break at all. So I would typically just sit at my desk and like scarf food down while I'm charting like in between patients and it would last over like a period of two hours. Anyway, so this gym is new to me. I've never been to this gym before. So I decided to join the gym so that I could pop over there, get a quick workout in and then get back to work. And I have never really had any issues with like feeling nervous at the gym or like afraid of what people are going to think of me. But going to a new gym, I fully understand where people are coming from when they are just too uncomfortable to actually go to the gym. So anyway, on my very first day at the gym, it was super busy. Of course, it was like lunchtime 12 to 1, so very busy. And I had trouble finding some machines that I was looking for. I didn't really know where the machines were. And then if I did find them, they were all taken. So then I had to like reroute and go somewhere else. And it was just like chaos. And I was like, wow, I fully understand. Like even as a very seasoned, experienced gym goer, I fully understand where people are coming from and why the gym just makes them nervous. And this gym is kind of geared more towards weightlifting as well. So like, I think there's a lot of people that look intimidating and know what they're doing. So I was like, wow, I fully get it. And there was a part of me for a moment that was like, I'm a little bit like uncomfortable. Now I'm the type of person that's like, actually screw that. Like I deserve to be here and I just brush it off and keep going. But I mean, if you really don't know what you're doing and have never been in a gym before and I've never tried weightlifting, like I totally get how that could be uncomfortable. Okay. And then my second little story, it has nothing to do with strength training, but I have been sick for 11 days now and it all started. I went snowboarding a couple weekends ago and that the next day I woke up with like a completely scratchy throat and like felt really uncomfortable and I've had like congestion and a sore throat for 11 days. It's insane. And honestly, like I take medicine and then during the day I'm fine. But then at night, oh my gosh, it's so uncomfortable. Like even last night I woke up multiple times because my throat hurts so bad and I don't sleep with my mouth open. Like it's just, it's the weirdest thing. I've, I honestly can't remember a time that I've ever been sick for this long. I've never had the flu. Um, I had mono and I really didn't feel bad at all. Like my throat hurt, but once I took some steroids, I was fine. 
I wasn't tired at all. Like I was more tired with this illness than I've ever been. It's so bizarre. I mean, I've still been going to work every single day, but I've never felt like this before. I am a very healthy person and it just, it makes you realize how much you take your health for granted. Like I go through every day and just, you know, I'm going along, not even appreciating the health that I have. So, you know, appreciate your health. And anyway, let's get into this episode. So like I said, today we're going to talk all about strength training. And first, I kind of want to make a case for why you might want to strength train. So there are benefits, whether you are extremely young or extremely old, you just have to do it safely, no matter what you want to focus on form. But so let's run through a few of the things that it can help. It can increase bone density because it puts stress on your bones and stress on your muscles and therefore helps your body kind of rebuild against that stress. This is really, really important as you start to get older. Once you reach, especially with females, once you reach the age of 30, you actually start to lose muscle mass and bone density. So you, unless you really work hard against it, and even then you probably still lose. I don't know the exact numbers behind this, but especially petite females, build up the bones, build up the muscle as much as you can, because as you age, time is just working against you. Um, It also increases your metabolism. I'm sure you've probably heard this before, but the more muscle you have, the more calories your body burns. So about like one pound of muscle will burn about 7 to 10 to 12 calories per hour. So over a full 24-hour period, one pound of muscle is going to burn an extra like 96 calories. So that's a pretty significant amount of calories when you add that up over like even just a week. And yeah, that's just a benefit. So it also protects your joints from injury. It strengthens the surrounding muscle and ligaments um, to support the joint. So if you're an athlete or you do heavy labor, it just helps you avoid injury. It also is easier to do everyday activities, obviously. So you have more energy. Your body is adapted to do heavy lifting. If you're a warehouse worker or you know, even if you're helping a friend move or whatever it is, everything is just easier to do. Getting onto the floor, playing with your kids, all that kind of stuff. You also have better balance. And this actually has been shown, I mean, it's good for young people too, but this is actually really helpful for elderly people because what is the most like dangerous thing for an elderly person? It's a fall um, because falls can lead to bones breaking and just like typically that's like the main thing we want to avoid. And so better balance is really important. So some strength training in elderly is really, really helpful for that. It also reduces um, chronic conditions and like the burden from chronic conditions. So you have less arthritis, back pain, obesity, heart disease. All of these things are limited when you actually strength train. And some of those things also, it goes for like endurance training too. But since we're talking about strength training and its benefits, I've included that here. So it also maybe improves cognition. There are some early studies that show improved executive functioning um, and decreased white brain matter atrophy. And things that are included in executive functioning include things like working memory, problem solving, making plans, controlling behavior, things like that. Um, And also they have found that it boosts a protein that helps build new brain cells and may decrease the chance of Alzheimer's. So 
really good for your brain. Also, big thing, um, especially in the U.S., it improves glucose metabolism and decreases your chance of diabetes, specifically type 2 diabetes. Um, Strength training is better than aerobic training for improving A1C, which is a measure of your sugar levels over like a three-month period. So basically, if you have a high A1C, that could indicate diabetes. Um, And so the fact that strength training is better for your A1C, even than aerobic training, I was actually surprised about. You also have improvement in your fasting blood glucose and your resting metabolism. And um, they've found that strength training has an insulin-independent mechanism of glucose transport. So this is a really good thing because for people with diabetes, they are... um, have some insulin resistance. And so if this can use an insulin independent mechanism, that's going to be really beneficial. It also has been found to improve your good cholesterol levels. That's HDL cholesterol and decrease bad cholesterol levels, which is LDL cholesterol. It reduces anxiety, which I don't know if you've ever lifted weights. I feel like I completely see how it reduces my anxiety. If I've had a really bad day, I feel like that's just a really good motivator to get into the gym and I can release anger. I can release stress and I just feel like it's a good outlet. Exercise in general, including strength training, has also been shown to improve sleep quality. And it's funny because I have my Garmin watch now and it will tell me, like, you got better sleep last night. I think that workout, you know, helped or whatever. I mean, it doesn't say it in that voice. But, yeah, it'll tell me, like, your workout yesterday helped improve your sleep quality. Keep it up, that kind of thing. Um, it also decreases visceral fat, which this is the fat that kind of packs in around your organs. And this is, like, the more problematic fat. So it decreases that. Um, and that fat is actually linked to morbidity or, like, the process of having other diseases. So really good thing. And then according to up to date, which is like our gold standard thing we use in the medical field to kind of look at a compilation of most recent like guidelines and research regarding medicine. It says it is the single most powerful medicine against sarcopenia, which is basically just like muscle wasting and like muscle shrinking. Um, Overweight people can actually gain muscle um, even without losing weight. So it's best to be in like a hypocaloric state, meaning like taking in less calories than you're burning while weight training. But um, people who are overweight can actually achieve body recomposition. So gaining muscle um, without actually changing their weight, which is a good thing because it just makes it easier because you can eat the same amount of calories and then gain that muscle and then you're going to be burning more calories um, and you might not be losing weight but muscle also weighs more than fat so it basically just shows that like it's beneficial even if you're not seeing that scale move yet and it also decreases waist circumference which is a an indicator of metabolic syndromes so another really good thing all right a few more I know this is kind of a long list but like it just goes to show how in-depth strength training can be for your health. It reduces blood pressure. Um, Now, this is going to be sounding kind of science-y, but it may increase microvascular capacitance and may be even better than aerobic training. It increases peripheral vasodilator capacity. So essentially, it makes more room in your blood vessels so your blood pressure isn't so high. That's kind of like the most basic way of saying it. All right, and finally, 
This probably doesn't apply to a large portion of people listening to this, but even in people with heart failure, strength training can be beneficial. They haven't found any increased risk of dysrhythmias or like weird heartbeats um, afterwards, and they haven't even found harmful effects from like increased afterload, meaning like higher pressures after when your heart is relaxed. Um, And so even like people who are in disease states can benefit from strength training is essentially what I'm saying. So you know, your heart, your bones, your muscles, your brain, your mood, everything is affected by strength training. So it's a really, really good way to affect your health and change your health in a great way. So now we're going to get into the nitty gritty of what strength training entails, how it's done, what really happens with that process. So Strength training is a process of stressing something, the recovery, and then the adaptation. So when you're stressing it, what you're doing when you're actually lifting weights, you're not building muscle in that moment. You are breaking down muscles. You're causing micro tears. You're using up energy stores. Now, this might sound like you're hurting yourself and you're harming yourself, but it's actually what happens afterwards that gives you that benefit. So when you do this, you cause micro tears. You're not tearing whole, the whole way through your muscle. You're just causing a stressor. And what does your body do after a stressor? It recovers and then it adapts. So in the recovery, your body is rebuilding, it's repairing, it's replenishing energy stores, which takes up energy to do so, and muscle is built. And so the adaptation part is over time, you get more and more muscle fibers your muscles are growing, and the weight becomes easier. You can do more reps. Maybe you can increase the weight. You can increase time under tension. Essentially, you are stronger because your body adapted to the stressor that you're putting on it. And this is why recovery is so important. Um, We talk about recovery a lot, especially with strength training, but with really any exercise. Um, recovery is important, especially with strength training, because your body needs to recover to build that muscle up. If you're not getting enough protein or not enough water, or you don't have the right balance of electrolytes, your body won't be able to optimally recover and you won't get all of those muscle building, you won't get the best muscle building chance essentially. So you want to give your body everything it needs to rebuild that muscle so that you get the most benefit out of your strength training. Now with strength training, obviously you need weight of some sort, but this can look a lot of different ways. It could be body weight. So your pull-ups, your push-ups, your air squats, that's all done with body weight. It can be resistance bands, which is a really nice way if you're living in a dorm or you just don't have access to a gym all the time, you can have resistance bands. And as long as you have tension going in the opposite direction of where that muscle is pulling, you are going to be strength training. And then, of course, we have sort of the more typical things, um, things you might have in your home gym, dumbbells or barbells, and then machines as well, which mostly you're going to find those in uh, the actual gym setting. But these are all different ways that you can have weight. And then when I say weight, that could also be a gallon of water. That could be a backpack filled with heavy books, like anything that puts extra weight on and even your own body weight, that can give you the opportunity to do strength training. So anybody, 
no matter what equipment you have access to, can do strength training. Now, if you don't have access to like a full gym, you're going to have to be a little bit more creative. You're probably not going to have the same progress that someone that has access to a gym is going to make, but you can still make a difference in your health. So now you're strength training because you have weight. You are doing different things to hit different muscles, but how do we get stronger? So this is achieved through progressive overload, which can look a lot of different ways again. So this could be that you increase the weight. This could be you increase the reps with the same weight. This could be you increase time under tension. And all of this kind of depends on what exactly you're trying to build. Are you trying to build muscle size, so hypertrophy? Are you trying to build power? Um, Are you trying to build pure strength? Are you trying to build endurance? What is the adaptation that you're going for? So if you're trying to build hypertrophy, typically rep ranges around 8 to 10. If you're trying to have power, this would look like jumping with a weight or some sort of um, like sprinting exercise. So power is the ability to exert a certain amount of work over a certain period of time. So the more strength in less time, if that makes sense. So power lifting is actually more a pure strength based thing. So it's moving the most amount of weight. And so in power lifting, you would do less reps and heavier weight. So you might do one rep, you might do five reps. Like it's a very small amount of reps, but you're lifting your maximal amount of weight. So that's going to give you the maximum strength not necessarily power, even though it's called powerlifting. And then you have muscular endurance, which is how long your body can be under tension, so time under tension. So that would be things like a wall sit or something. You would hold a weight, you would kind of squat against a wall, and then just hold that pose for a really long period of time. And there's actually a lot of yoga does this too, so like power yoga, where you hold certain poses for a really long period of time that is improving your muscular endurance. So with all of that being said, I do want to take a moment to kind of break down a couple abbreviations that you might see when people are talking about progressive overload and like in programs about progressive overload. So there is reps in reserve. And so this is just a way for you to denote how hard you're working. So um, they might say, you want to do this exercise to about two reps in reserve, which means you want to work pretty hard, but not to your maximum. So this is not going to failure, but it's getting close to failure. So basically they're saying, if you do this exercise with this weight, you should technically be able to get, let's say it's 10 reps, but you're only going to do the eight reps. And the 10 reps is going to be gun to your head. You're working as hard as you possibly can to get to that 10 reps. So they don't necessarily give you a number, but you you kind of gauge your own effort and see where you're kind of not at failure, but getting close. And then there's your one rep max, which typically in powerlifting, you would know your one rep max. You don't necessarily need to know this to be successful with strength training, but this is the maximum amount of weight that you can lift for one solid rep. So this isn't you know, a crappy rep with bad form, but this is your maximum amount of weight where you can just get it moved one time and that's it. And this might be used to kind of show you, I want you to work at 80% of your one rep max or 70% of your one rep max. And it just kind of gives you a gauge of where the weight should be, how heavy it should be. 
And then there's rate of perceived exertion, RPE. And that is, again, similar to reps in reserve. It's kind of how hard am I working? Um, Am I close to failure? Am I not? So rate of perceived exertion, you kind of want to work to XRPE. And the scale for this is called the Borg scale. And there's actually two different scales. One is 0 to 20, which is a little bit, I don't know, I think it's a little bit overkill sometimes. Um, And then there's the other one, which is 0 to 10, which I feel like most people are more familiar with rating things on a scale of 0 to 10. So at 8 or 9, you're really close to failure. 10 is the hardest thing. And then, you know, obviously lower on the scale is not as hard. Now, when you're actually doing your weightlifting, you're practicing progressive overload, something that you'll have to keep in mind as well is that um, the heavier RPE, the higher the RPE or the heavier you're lifting, probably the longer the rest period will be. So with powerlifting, for instance, when you're lifting, you know, at a couple reps, which means a couple motions through the exercise, and you're lifting at, you know, close to your one rep max, then you're going to need some longer rest periods, maybe even like five minutes. Now, if you want to help with your cardiovascular work as well, you can do circuits and likely you will be at a slightly lower weight, but you will be doing more work in a shorter period of time. So you will help with your cardiovascular um, health as well. And I should note that even in pregnancy, um, it has been found that you can really strength train still they don't really recommend going higher than like two to three reps in reserve. So they don't really want you to work at your maximum, um, but you can really tolerate it well into the third trimester. Now I will say consult with your provider, with your physician, whoever takes care of you and your baby, because there are always special circumstances where you might not be able to do these things. But for most healthy pregnant women, this is safe to do. And they actually have shown that the fetal heart rate can adapt Because when you do strength train, you tend to do the Valsalva maneuver, which can cause like a transient or a short period of time where there's a decrease in the flow of blood to the placenta, which obviously takes care of the baby. But um, the fetus can actually adapt to this and you don't want it to be prolonged, but they have not seen any adverse effects during strength training when this happens. So another really great thing. I mean, you can continue to be active through your pregnancy. So we talked about the benefits and we talked about kind of the basics around it. So now we're ready to get out there and go do it. So the first thing that I always, always talk about with strength training is form, form, form. Form is like the most important thing because if you're not doing it with proper form, you might as well not do it because you're going to hurt yourself. You're not going to get the best benefit and it's just dangerous. So you want to make sure that you have really good form and also ignore other people Just pretend there's no one else in the room. Focus on yourself. Think about the form cues that you have that you've seen on your videos or your Instagram or wherever you've gotten these form cues. Think about them and think about how your body is supposed to move and think about what muscle you are actually using. So I am really big on the mind-muscle connection. I think it's so important and it definitely makes a difference in how your lift is. So think about the muscle. Think about the form. Um, The other thing is use machines. If you're really unsure, you're brand new to strength training, you can start out with machines. Now, I don't love machines for petite people, and I myself am a petite person, 
because they tend to not be set up perfectly for those people. So like the movement pattern might be a little bit off, but if you're just starting out, use a machine because it's less of a chance that you're going to hurt yourself because typically machines try to keep you in the correct basic movement pattern. The other thing is a lot of machines on like the side will have a little picture and show you kind of what muscle is supposed to be working. So it gives you sort of the basics and lets you kind of get eased into it. The other thing you can do is get a trainer or get a friend that knows what they're doing. Go to the gym with a buddy so that you don't feel so alone and they can kind of show you the ropes a little bit and you can just kind of loosen up and you can have fun with it. That's what I did when I was in college. I would take my friends because I've been into strength training for a very long time. And so I would just take my friends with me and we would have fun and they didn't feel uncomfortable because they were with somebody who knew what they were doing, who knew their way around the gym and nobody would just like randomly approach you because that's like the thing that I hate the most about gyms is when people try to give unsolicited advice to people who clearly don't want it. (laughs) And I think it's like a slippery slope because people are trying to help. Like a lot of times they're just trying to like be nice and help and make sure you're doing it with good form. But also as somebody, when somebody is nervous already, when somebody approaches them like that, I feel like it just makes them very uncomfortable. So anyway, bring a friend if you need to. The other thing is start out easy and then work up to the heavier lifting. And I even do this, like this is a good thing to keep in mind, even when you're doing a new exercise. Like if I'm doing something that I've never done before, I always start out at a super light weight because chances are you're not going to hurt yourself if you're doing it slightly wrong and you want your body to get a chance to adapt to this new movement pattern. It's like picking up a new sport um, or even a new instrument. Like you don't do it at top speed right away. You're not doing a new drill like at top speed. You're going to go through it slowly, learn the movement pattern, and then pick it up as you start to get better at it. Same thing with lifting weights. Do it a little bit lighter, get the movement pattern down, and then you'll be able to do it heavier when your body is ready. And that kind of goes for the whole process in general. You want to make sure you warm up, do your workout, and then cool down. It's going to be the best thing for your body. It's going to avoid injury, and it's going to help you recover better for your next chance at working out. So you definitely want to practice progressive overload, which we already talked about. When you go um, you know, and you're able to start pushing yourself, Try to get one more rep. Try to add a few more pounds on. Just try to continue to increase the load that you're placing on your body. The other thing I say, when you're starting out, kind of go in with like a plan, a goal. So generally, how many days a week are you going to work out? And then from there, you can make your splits and decide how you're going to do it. For a lot of people, if you're kind of just dabbling in weightlifting, doing like an upper and lower split or even doing a full body split every time that you go in is a really good way to start. Um, And it just helps you kind of ease into it. If you're going all the time, you can kind of split things off even more. Pick a few body parts, back, chest, tries, buys, delts, quads, hamstrings, glutes. Pick a couple body parts and work those and focus on progressive overload for those body parts. Um, And that way you kind of have a a specific plan of what you're doing. So if you're going like three times a week, maybe you do two leg days out of those. um, And maybe you focus more on quads on one leg day and hammies and glutes on another leg day. And then maybe you do an upper body day where you hit a lot of upper body things. It really just depends on your goals. 
And I usually say the best way to start after you have your splits figured out and how frequently you're going to go, do like three exercises for each muscle group that you're trying to work and then do three sets of 10 repetitions. So let's say you are working, I don't know, your quads um, and you're focusing mainly on like quads and calves or something. Let's let's say that. So you're going to pick three different exercises. So maybe you're going to do split squats, you're going to do um, sumo squats, and you're going to do like calf raises. Okay, so that's three exercises. And then you're going to do three sets of 10. So you're going to do three sets of split squats, 10 repetitions each time, three sets of sumo squats, 10 repetitions each time, and all that. Or maybe you're doing the rate of perceived exertion. So you're going to do an eight um, for each, each set. So that is a way to kind of split it up and go in with a plan. And there you have it. That is strength training. And honestly, this sounds really complicated when you break it down this much, but you don't have to make it complicated. You can go in and kind of bop around and do your thing. And eventually you'll want to get better. And the way you get better is to kind of have more of a plan. Maybe your friend makes it. Maybe you get a trainer Or maybe you kind of dive into the nitty-gritty of it and you make your own plan. But even if you are simply putting stress on your muscles and putting stress on your body in some way that helps it adapt, that's great. You might not be doing it at the most efficient way, but you're getting out there, you're getting movement in, and it's going to be beneficial for you whether you are being efficient or not. So don't kind of panic over the small details It is so, so good for you to get out to the gym and even just for your mood. Like, it is so good to just move. Um, It releases anxiety. It helps get aggression out. It helps release endorphins so you feel happier. It's just overall a great thing. All right, guys. So that is it for the episode. My voice is completely giving out. I am obviously still not 100%. Um, I'm hoping that... Over this next week, I get better so that the next episode, I don't have to keep stopping and like taking sips of my drink because I'm dying, but (laughs) I am so happy to bring you this episode. This was one that I was really looking forward to because I am so passionate about strength training. Obviously, we talked about all of the benefits. We talked about progressive overload. This is sort of a, you know, 50,000 foot view or whatever that saying is like it's a broad overview of strength training and there are so many details that we didn't get into but I do think this is a really good place to start and I hope you enjoyed the episode definitely definitely get strength training even if you're typically a runner or a cyclist do a little bit of strength training you will not regret it thank you so much for listening and I look forward to chatting with you guys next week bye